Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back with another episode of Lakers Weekend right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. It's Gerald Glassford along with Jamie Sweet. We want to go ahead and make sure you know Lakerholics is the place to go for all things Lakers. Go ahead and check it out today at Lakerholics.com. You go for all the great articles from the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. Of course, that is Laker Tom. Also, as well, <laughs> Mr. Jamie Sweet, who's accidentally logged off the internet, seemingly. So, hopefully, we can get him back here. And I know Laker Tom unfortunately can't make it in today, so I am stepping in. Great to have everyone here. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciated. It. it is the Lakers Fast Break right here for Lakerholics Spotlight. Right there for you from the Lakerholics. And there we go. He's back again. <laughs> it's Jamie Sweet. <laughs> Jamie, uh, uh, I saw you leaning forward and maybe just that magical keystroke. And whew, there you go. Right when we started, too. Absolutely. No worries. Uh, great to be here. I guess I told everybody out there that Laker Tom unfortunately could not make it for today. So I'm stepping in. Uh, we're talking the Lakers. It is Jamie Sweet along with Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching and listening. Unfortunately, comes on the heels of the Lakers' worst performance so far in Summer League. I believe 100-69. to They lost yesterday uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies. I know the guys were on the show last night. I truly appreciate them uh, stepping in for me. That's both Magic Man and Joe Soro, who did an amazing job yesterday covering the game. The Lakers, Jamie, I mean, they still amazingly still have one game left to play tomorrow against the Clippers. That'll be tomorrow. Indeed, he has left us again. So hopefully he'll return one more time. But it is, of course, the Lakers fast break. The Lakers come off again, a terrible, terrible loss to the Memphis Grizzlies, 100 to 69. There was definitely not a lot to crow about there, but. Again, the Lakers uh, are looking to hopefully uh, finally leave Vegas and Summer League on Sunday with Sunday's game against the Clippers. 
with a victory. Hoping for that as well. That'll be available hopefully on playback.tv slash Acres Fast Break and then the post game right here wherever you get your podcasts. Intel Wild, great to have you here. Hope you're enjoying your Lakers weekend. Call me also as well. Appreciate as well. I had Jamie with me on the line. He's seeming to have some internet troubles. Hopefully we can get him back. I know Laker Tom unfortunately had to sit this one out as well, but hopefully he'll return for another Lakerholic spotlight. I will tell you, though, that unfortunately the Lakers come off a terrible game, their worst game of the summer league, again, 169. Some struggling performances all the way around. Uh, what I saw of the game, and I saw quite a bit sitting outside my uh, house and while it was being uh, attended to as far as on the outside, some work being done, unfortunately, had to be done at night because it's just so hot here in Vegas. And what I saw, I absolutely was just not good to see. I know that LJ Figueroa was the only individual on the Lakers to stand out. But, you know, when it comes to what LJ Figueroa has been going through, again, he's not been, been able to play much so far this offseason. So I don't think, think he has much of a chance to Stick with the opening day roster, but we'll see. But I know that the 17 points he scored yesterday, yeah, absolutely. Not exactly what I was hoping for, but call me also. Uh, you're preaching to the choir when it comes to what we've already seen from JHS and Cam Whitmore so far. I think that to Cam Whitmore, who had an amazing performance, I think, on Friday, uh, with uh, 26 points, eight steals is what I think I remember. Or Thursday, I'm sorry. Uh, definitely a player who I think that right now, even though he slid so far down in the draft, uh, that it is unfortunately going to be something that we're going to have to wait and see how he develops. But it looks like right now he's got the early lead. And to think that guy is probably going to have a hard time I don't say cracking the rotation, but playing, you know, 25, 30 minutes a game because they've got so many wings in Houston, a lot of them young. And then you've got Dylan Brooks as well. So again, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting Jamie Sweet back on the, uh, you know, on the air here, but, you know, talking, uh, he's rebooting his Wi-Fi now. So hopefully he can get everything in place, but, the Lakers, eight steals, absolutely. It's just something that his athleticism, Cam Whitmore, is just popping out as something just more substantial than what we're seeing from JHS. And I don't know what, really when it comes down to it. Was it really the interviews? Was it really the interviews that were so bad that had him drop 17 slots right around the t you know where he was picked? And when it comes to what we saw with JHS and, you know, I have a hard time believing it was just the interviews. I have a hard time believing it was just the workouts because, you know, he was a prospective top five pick in the NBA draft. You know, the, the medicals were supposedly, you know, of some concern, but gosh, darn it. He looks good to me as far as his medicals are concerned right now on the court, because he's playing so well. Call me also thinks it says, I think he would fit. Uh, in the system better than Jay Hood. With Jay Hood, again, it's just the fact that he just does not have the athleticism or the shot yet as, uh, you know, nothing has developed in his game at the NBA level. He's got some nice vision, got some good passing skills, but it's really going to be hard for him to go ahead and, and do well as of right now. He's trying to find a niche as someone who's using those D'Angelo Russell-like 
slithering maneuvers as far as getting around screens, trying to go ahead and get in ground traffic because he's not going to be able to blow by anybody. It's very clear that he's not going to be able to do that. And on defense, his defense has been, how shall I say? Yeah, Comey, yeah it, the defense has just not been good at all. Call me also talking about the interviews. The interviews, again, it can't, he, guy cannot drop 17 slots as, you know, what from what he was projected to be doing because he was projected to go as high e, with even some scouts as high as number three in the draft. So there's some reason, some reason outside, you know, it cannot just be the interviews he drops with 17 teams. And, um, it just is ridiculous to see why Cam Whitmore is playing so good, so well for the Houston Rockets, and why so many teams like the Lakers passed up on him. I cannot, I, it just, it's so hard to believe that 17 teams were the reason why, you know, that they passed up on him, were the interview. But JHS is, uh, again, struggling. He's going to have to play a lot of time at South Bay. I don't think you're going to be able to see much of a contribution here this season from him. Uh, it's very apparent that he's not ready for prime time. Hopefully he can get some seasoning. Maybe by the end of the season, he can get some time at the big club. But I think at this point in time, you know, for those who said it's going to be a disappointment seeing most of the time he gets at South Bay is in South Bay. Unfortunately, that's probably going to be the case because it's just unfortunate who uh, we see right now or what this level we see right now. Three for 17 last night. Absolutely abysmal. Uh, just again, JHS has got a lot to work on this summer, and hopefully he will get to do just that. Phil Handy has done a great job developing the games of Austin Reeves, and also Max Christie, who's done a great job and sensational job this offseason and this summer league. So I look forward to seeing what Phil and the development staff can do with JHS, plus him getting a lot of time in South Bay. Call me also is asking, what is your dream offseason pickup with what we have left? Uh, basically, unfortunately, it's just to me, I think it's going to be something where the, you know, Christian would be, would be a good off signing. I've said it all summer. In fact, I was the first person out there to throw his name out ahead of everyone else on Christian Wood. Uh, when the numbers started to dwindle down a little bit, I saw that Christian Wood was not being picked up, but then obviously with Christian Wood, it could be his attitude, but could be the defense. It could be something more. Again, the Lakers are are yet to pick him up, or any team has picked him up. So I don't know. Would I wouldn't call him the perfect individual for for us to pick up, but we do need someone that's going to be a hybrid four or five that can stretch the floor, hopefully can score and rebound. He can do just that. It is Gerald Glasser along with Jamie Sweet. Thanks so much for watching, listening. Truly appreciate it. Jamie has returned back to us. I was just commenting on, on the fact that, you know, I think that the perfect offseason would probably be picking up someone as a hybrid 4-5. I know Christian Wood doesn't do it for everybody, and I don't want to get into the semantics of that right now. But with the Lakers, uh, Jamie, struggling in uh, without Max Christie yesterday, as to say the least, they went down 12-0 to start off with, and it got just worse from there. Lakers yeah. ended up losing by 31. It was pretty ugly scene. Your thoughts, though, on what you take out of yesterday's game for anybody? LJ Figueroa, well, that's the highlight, but he probably won't even get a name to the roster. You know, when you get to this length of the spot, you know, you're either with this this point in the rosters, 
potential or a, an, an extra coach, right? You're not really expecting <laughs> big things out of the 14th, 15th spot on the roster, or, or you, sh- you should be. So um, that's one of the reasons I think Christian Wood is kind of a bad idea. I think he puts other guys – I mean, I think he would lose – ultimately lose the playing time battle to Jackson Hayes. Because he has such disgruntlement issues, that's kind of why I'm anti-Christian Wood. But, you know, whoever it is, I, I you know, Tom floated a, a couple of ideas on the blog yesterday. That's what was one of the things I was hoping to talk about today, but we'll put it off for another time. Well, we can. Um, <coughs> Darius Blazley, I think, is kind of an interesting name. Um, and uh, Darius, again, I think, signed. I think he did sign already. Oh, did he sign, like, Darius Baisley, in yes. the last he, 12 he hours? Sign. Yeah, yeah, Nets that brought the Brooklyn Nets. So, that's I mean, everybody's valuing defense a little bit more than Christian Wood shooting. I mean, everybody. I, <laughs> um, I, 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 I still kind of think Castleton is my is my personal pick. I'd rather develop. Yeah. He looked awful yesterday. He got yeah, pushed I mean, around. It's, like, it's what is he, it like week week two in Vegas? I mean, you know, the guy's he, been hitting the craps table. You know, he, he you know, got he's... pushed around like a toy yesterday by Memphis. It, it looked he he needs good. more seasoning, much more seasoning. You, you can't put a rookie in there with that's going to get three fouls right away. It's just not recommended, my friend. You, you know, Jackson Hayes is going to get the time back up. Christian Wood is someone if he if he gets his mind right and gets himself in a good place can give you things. Plus also as well, LeBron and AD are not going to be consistent in the lineup. Okay. Let's put that out there. It's, you know, if you're thinking that LeBron and AD are going to give you 75 games and everything is going to be great. And la di da you're, you're battling against the averages that have just not happened since they both have joined the, the purple and gold. I think you need someone in there who can step in, get you 15 to 20, get you eight rebounds, which is what he averaged last year with, with Dallas. No, he doesn't play defense. I I get that. I understand that. But again, in a perfect world, you don't you can't find the individual that's out there that can do that for you other than Christian Wood. No, I agree. And Comioso, I don't I, I I two years ago, three years ago, I you would have had me with Dwight Howard. I would have been like, no brainer. But at this point, uh, you know, it's I don't know that he can. White's washed. I don't Dwight think he can. Like, he can't. He can't do the things I think he was even able to do in the championship run. Our best shot for having a positive year from Dwight would have been the, the year directly after, and we all know how that went with Mark Gasol. So, uh, uh, and it went poorly. Um, there is nobody right. I mean, everybody talks about you know finding someone that can guard Jokic, so finding someone that could go ahead and give you five fouls against Jokic. They can hit, so why you know that can hold out on Jokic while your team is still. That's trying Castleton. To go ahead. Castleton can get you five fouls in four minutes. No, I'm just, I'm just joking. Yeah, if Castleton will get you five fouls guarding <laughs> anybody against forty minutes. Too, too quickly. As, too quickly. No, as I, a I, rookie big man who is weak. Right now, he's not has no strength. You saw him get pushed around like a rag doll yesterday. He was very timid. He was shying away from actually covering Lofton at times because he was not helping out when it when he did the switch and Kevin Lofton, you know, was playing against a bigger guard and ended up dripping, you know, posting up against a bigger, uh, a smaller guard. He would not come back and help when obviously yeah. he needed to and. He was just very timid yesterday, and it showed. He has a lot of gifts offensively. 
you know, just very skilled. But unfortunately, he needs another year in the weight room before you can actually get him out there. And in fact, right now, he's just not going to do it for you either. Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of look at him as uh, the same way I looked at Zubats year two or year one. Year one of Zubats, if you go back and look at Zubat stats, very similar. A little more body, could bang a little bit better, yeah. uh, but was like a foul a minute guy, right? Like you start, it, you start, you started seeing in year two. You st- exactly, you started seeing what Zubats is now in year two, and by year three, four, when he he did put on the right kind of muscle, not just like you know teenage fat, but like that all turned to like you know, per, the, oh, you have a coach that works that works you out. Oh, look at look at how you can change change your body around. Uh, you know, they know so look what expertise can do for the world. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I, I, again, I'm not, I guess I'm just not expecting a lot out of the spot one way or the other. Like if, if our 14th, 15th man is who we're relying on to say, I mean, the one point you make that I think is the most valid is that given the availability concerns, shall we say of Dan, of, uh, James and Davis, that, that would maybe you know, push me a little bit closer to the, to the wood signing. And, you know, you, you, you get what you can kind of like what we did with Thomas Bryant last season, right? Like yeah. you get what you can get out of him until the deadline. And if there's a situation that he's like, I'd rather go there, you know, you have a, a, a non wink handshake of like, you know, if you get pissed, let us know. Don't go, don't, don't go to the, don't go to the media. Don't, don't talk about it in post game interview. Just come tell me and I'll work with you. We'll I'll get your agent on the phone. We'll get you somewhere. Don't worry about it. I just um, think right now when it comes to, to the more we delay on this, the fact that there's a bigger chance that they're going to go to camp with just the 13 players, hopefully either they'll make a trade just at the camp or just before camp, or they may be looking at somebody that's waived in camp that they could pick up as far as the name is concerned. I don't know if that they're, that's I think they're planning. sure bring- I think they'll for sure bring 14 in just to have access to that third two-way concert uh, contract. No, they have um, to bring all 15 in. They no, have to they bring 14 in, and the third one, they just play less. Their their availability is d- diminished. Okay, because Zangerstein said otherwise. So, I mean, Zangerstein said. Zangerstein said all 15 have to be filled for all three uh, two ways. So I, again, I know that still the CBA is issuing with this, you know, trying to figure out all the, the parameters on it, but the Lakers yesterday cannot take a lot of good things from what happened yesterday. They lost hundred to 69 and it was just very troubling to see that they were able to not, not able to go ahead and get anything done without Max Christie, who has been one of the most I guess consistent and uh, really, really good factors for this team so far this summer in a summer where they have not been performing well in six games, two and four on the season as far so far in summer league has they head into tomorrow's game against the Clippers. We'll try to find you the time. We'll see what's going on with that because I know the NBA put that out there and the way they were phrasing it, it was just weird how, how uh, I thought last night was going, supposed to be their, their their final game, but it turns out it was just the uh, eligibility for the Summer League playoffs was just basically what it was all about. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. 
check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, you, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> <laughs> Well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is Lakerholics Spotlight right here at Lakers Weekend, and we're hoping you have a good weekend. It's Jamie Sweet from Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out what he's doing today at lakerholics.com with this awesome five things articles plus laker tom is there as well we would really love you to go ahead and check it out lakerholics.com laker tom and jamie sweet always have a great back and forth and i do when i can and lakerholics.com allows me I know. the the internet gremlins don't bite i go ahead and post the lakers fast break there as well but tomorrow night 7 p.m pacific 10 p.m eastern it'll be the final game for the lakers this summer against the Clippers, but again, they are coming off such a bad game for them. I mean, nobody did well yesterday. JHS has continued to struggle. That to me, I think is a big issue. The biggest issue, even outside of what we saw with, you know, Castleton, uh, what we saw with, uh, you know, Maxwell Lewis not being able to perform in a starting role this time around. Uh, what we saw with Demoy Hodge not being able in an opportunity where he got more shots or could have gotten more shots, didn't take advantage of it. JHS, 3 of 17, he's shooting way too much. He's not distributing as much as you like to see for someone whose who's passing talents are. Maybe he's been told to shoot and just shoot and get the green light. But to me, uh, you know, to work on in this game. But I find it concerning that someone who needs <coughs> to go ahead and step up and play the man that's going and be the man that's going to go ahead and set the offense didn't do just that in a horrible performance yesterday for the Lakers. I'm seeing Zanger starting to confirm the uh, two two ways on first. I mean, regardless, um, yeah, I, I thought I, 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 you know, I know we're, we've been for those of you who don't know, we have a, a, a long-standing series of email threads going. Uh, between the various uh, contributors to to Lakers Fast Break, and I don't know who would that be. <laughs> Cam, Cam Cam Whitmore, Cam Whitmore is a heady topic of debate on the old email string. Uh, uh, that and, he is, and, and uh, when you see how Cam's performing in summer league. It's kind of hard not to seriously wonder why the choice that was made was made. Um, you got again. I, I just I go back to what I was telling Oso is that. Does he really fall 17 or 14, 15 spots, you know, from what he was projected at just because he had some bad interviews or some bad workouts? Does he really fall that far below? You know, it's almost like they made him persona non grata. You know, usually when somebody drops that far below, it's maybe some health scare that I get. But I think I think it was a little bit of both. I think according I remember listening during draft night, they were talking about. When he finally did get drafted, somebody was saying, like, yeah, some of the executives weren't wild with his enthusiasm during the workouts. Um, they felt like he should have – I don't know. what That's a hard thing to quantify without being there. Like, what? Well, I, I, 
<laughs> Not everybody walks Ooh, into a I'm room. Going like hard that, against that chair. Right. I don't, I don't. So it's sort of. I mean, okay. So he wasn't like thrilled to be at the combine or thrilled to be doing private workouts. Maybe maybe he knew his stock was falling and wasn't feeling good about it. You know, I I, I find it interesting how much emotion is supposed to be eliminated from these things. You know, like you're supposed to be. You know, you're supposed to care about all this stuff, but, but don't let it. Don't show. These, but don't show the. But also, oh, I think sorry. there was a, 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 some inj- uh, some ankle issues that he was having uh, that people were just a little bit worried that he wasn't going to be able to stand up to the 82 season grind. But I mean, let's be honest, that's just about every rookie every, ever. Every rookie's going to start to look like they could, they're moving in mud between the end of January into March, maybe the whole rest of the season. You know, Reeves, year one, people forget how bad Reeves was from the middle of January to about a month, three weeks before the season ended when he broke through that wall, you know, got his legs back under him and was able to then look more like the player we see today and had that amazing triple double to close out that awful season. Um, That was more the harbinger of what was to come than anything else that season. But every rookie goes through that uh, unless they don't play (laughs) Then, then they don't. But they'll go through it at some point. And, the, the, you know, even if you're a great college player, even if you're a great EuroLeague player, even if you're a great any league but the NBA player, once you go through that 82-season grind, and it is a grind, that is a physical challenge few sports go through. You know, baseball, you play, you know, four or five times a week, six times a week at times. But, like, the grind of the game is vastly different. And it's, there's – the roster is so big. If a guy needs a day off, you give him a day off and you don't travel all those days that you're playing. You're in a city, you're in a specific place for three or four days, uh, often, you know, two or three days. So, you know, NBA where you, you play in Miami on Monday and then New Jersey on Tuesday, then you get a day off to fly to Denver, play in Denver in mile high altitude, then come home. That's that doesn't happen in college. Yeah, all of that in a week doesn't happen in any league. You know, the travel in Euro League is greatly reduced simply because the country is not as large as the United States. And and, and I disagree with uh, some of the individuals out there that we were talking going back and forth with earlier this week. And when it comes to Cam Whitmore, uh, Cam Whitmore, his numbers may not pop out in this rookie season because there's so many young wings on that Houston roster plus yeah. Dylan Brooks and this $90 million yeah. almost uh, he's going to be plugging up a lot of that time at the wing, which is like absolutely the worst thing you, you need for a team with a lot of wings on that roster. The thing is with the Lakers though, I, I was told that, you know, some of the people in the chat were talking about how Cam Whitmore would not find a place or not find consistent minutes on the Lakers roster. I disagree. He's yeah. someone that would have fit as a six, eight, two, 30, I think six eight two thirty. He could play right. He could right behind Hachimura. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't want Hachimura to start. His perfect thing is coming off the bench, but Hachimura most likely will start right now as things look out. And like you said, the first guy coming off behind Hachimura could have been a guy like Cam Whitmore. I just see it as so much of a better fit, especially the fact that JHS, you know, like like what stone was talking about stone could see these things develop on jhs 
that just were not going to be at the NBA level. And we're seeing it already that there's a lot of work to be done just for JHS to get to a level that he's going to be a rotation player, much less even a starter in this league. I mean, he's, I, I feel like he might even, unless his defense is for real and he can really. It's bad right now. His defense well, is that's the worst problem. part. His defense, his defense isn't good right now. And I, okay, so you can make, there's a couple of ways you can look at that. One, it's summer league. Defense is not generally featured anyhow, right? There's, these guys just started playing together. They're not going to be, most of the guys they're playing with won't be at training camp. You know, let me just, let me just show what I can do. Let me, let me, let me show off a little bit. Okay. Let's, let's just assume for a second that that was the, the mindset. Both of the, like you said, maybe the coaches are saying like, this is your shot, man. You are not going to get shots on the big team. Show us what you can do. And then, yeah, okay, you're really not going to be getting shots on the big team now. But defend. And he had a defensive rep coming into the draft. So, you know, again, I, I, you know, I I very much admire people like Stone Hansen who can, like, see that large of a pool of players and, like, figure out how to, like, you know, analyze and come up with a, you know, a really well-thought-out, well-written opinion about each one that, like, you know, Guys like Stone and, and Raphael Barlow, who just like have this ability to like look at a huge swath of players and be like, "That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good. That, that one's pretty good." You know, I look at all of them and I'm like, "That's an amateur. That's 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 an amateur." Oh, that guy's gonna be NBA ready right away. And it's like one in a hundred, if that. More like one in a thousand comes. You know. Call me also. I don't know that anybody would on the Lakerholics uh, blog would say I have a lot of hope, uh, especially Laker Tom. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, it's Jamie. Glass half glass empty. empty. Yes. <laughs> Gerald, glass half empty. <laughs> but I'm just saying that, like, even go back and look at Reeves' first summer league. Reeves' first summer league didn't wow. Uh, go back and look at Andrew Bynum's first summer league. Andrew Bynum's first summer league didn't wow. And we saw what Andrew Bynum, for a brief shining moment, could have been before people started Kyle rolling into Kuzma. his knees. Until yeah, until Lamar Odom and Kobe Bryant took him out in his respective seasons. Josh and Hart, not his fault. That, yeah, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, you cool. saw Alex Caruso, all that twi- anybody on that 2017 team, they all popped. That's yeah. why it was so good. Right. But but you could I mean, these are the things when it when you see a player coming to and this is not NBA you know, everyday level competition right. you're playing against, but there is quite a bit of NBA talent out there. There it's is still a lot. It's undisciplined. You know, there's a whole bunch of things, factors in there, but you start seeing the seeds of where they go, can go and where they can be true. There are players that will struggle now that by this time next year or the year after will really become good players in the league, good rotation players. But you start seeing in some of these cases, like JHS, you start seeing the bad habits or you start seeing the deficiencies in this case. I don't think it's bad habits with JHS. I just think he just right now, the athleticism, his his lack of athleticism, his lack of speed, and his lack of shooting right now, as of right now, are all detriments to his game and make it so hard for him right now to say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and be a good player in this league. 
I mean, I, I agree. I, I, and, and I don't have a lot of hope for uh, uh, JHS specifically. That was more of a general G League. Con- I, I think that he's going to struggle to find a role on this mm-hmm. team. I think that he will do very well uh, in the, you know, I hope he does very well in the G League. Um, and, you know, that's about the best we can hope for him this season. He's not going to, he, he was never picked to contribute this season. This was a project player. Uh, I, I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that both of our draftees were picked more on potential and less on this guy might help us right now. I agree with you. You would have taken Jaime Jaquez if that's the case, who went right after, who's a four-year player. Or... I was very annoyed we didn't pick Jaime Jaquez. I was like, that's the guy this team will need at some point. Especially because we didn't retain Wenyan Gabriel services, did we? He's not on the no, team. Is he? he is so not we don't on the have team. That, we don't have that instant motor guy right now. Not really. Hayes, I guess, is your instant motor guy. Uh, he's got a, he doesn't have a Wendy and Gabriel motor, but he's got, yeah, but he's, you know, he's actually younger than some of the draft choices. That I know, are out he's there. Only 24. So that's, I mean, coming off the that's... bench for someone like that, but Tom last, you know, last time around talked about him as a stretch five, that illusion has to go away. Don't you know that telling oh. the audience now, anybody who thinks that, you know, that even based off his one season where the season before last where he was 20 of 57 or something like that. Yeah. The rest of the time, he's not even shot a hundred three pointers total in his NBA career. He's not a three point shooter. He's not a stretch five. Just that, that dream has to go bye-bye. I can't with that, that you, you know, you know how I feel about that. I, 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 I don't even think the stretch five is needed in any capacity on an NBA team. If you happen to have a center, who does all the things a center should do, block shots, rebound, set screens, be that presence inside the paint to deter, you know, just a parade of layups. And they shoot threes. Wonderful. That's I disagree with you in the sense that with the fantastic. Lakers, they need all the stretch they get. They are going to be a still, even with the, the slight bump matter. up in shooting, they're still going to be a below average three-point shooting team on, on average. And uh, the fact is that they just clog up the lane with so many non-shooters for LeBron and AD. You have to have someone out there that can stretch the floor. Austin Reeves, it's close to 40%. D'Angelo's close, if you get the right D'Angelo, he's close to 40%. You have to have (laughs) someone else out there that can stretch the floor to make it easier for LeBron and AD to go in the lane. I I mean, I've said this for a while. I, I feel like everybody thinks like, Oh, if we get this shooter on the team, the lane is going to magically open up, and and LeBron just, will be able to drive. Even if it's just a, even just a foot or two, Jamie. I, we're I just... No, because the, the everybody everybody wants the Lakers to shoot threes. That's that's just it's not going to change. Like the, I don't I don't see a world where NBA coaches go. This is the year we want to stop LeBron and AD at the three point. They want LeBron and AD to shoot threes because LeBron and AD inside is unstoppable. So if you know the unstoppable part can be at least, you know, semi-countered by just throwing guys in the paint, you're going to let LeBron shoot eight threes a game. And LeBron will shoot. Oh, LeBron will shoot eight threes. Yeah, he'll shoot if you And LeBron will. And AD will shoot. Well, now he's a little gun shy. And I I kind of, I think, you know, if he slims down, like I think we're all hoping he does, I'm hoping that helps him get a little lift back on his shot. But, yeah, and Zangerstein just said the the same thing. 
So, I want him to get his mid-range back. That's what I want him to get back. more than I, I just want him to shot. be... I want him to have that same aggressive scoring mentality that he had his first year on the Lakers. And then after he went through into injury se- se- seasons, he, he, he just is a defender. He's an elite defender, but he's focused too much a little bit on that defensive end. He needs to be the focal point of the offense. He needs to get 20 shot attempts a game. And somebody, some, it needs to be somebody's job to do that on the court. Now, in theory, that's going to be, you know, LeBron, D'Lo, Gabe Vincent, Reeves. But the, the coaches also need to, like, you know, p- pound this message into the team. Like, if, if AD gets 20 shot attempts per game and gets to the line a little bit, we will win. We will win most games. If you look at the box store at the end of the night, and has got six, seven free throws, seven, eight, nine, maybe 12 or 13 shot attempts. Somebody else better, somebody who you don't necessarily want to count on has to have stepped up, right? Hachimura had to have gone off for 30. D'Lo shot, somebody else will have to have gone off a little bit. And I just want to see Anthony Davis be the most aggressive version of himself on offense. I don't want him to lose any of his defensive focus, but like, he can't, he can't, he just can't stand around on offense. And uh, last season, you got a lot of, you just got a lot of like AD kind of like, not like getting pushed around in the post, but kind of standing at the elbow, guy like pushing on his back a little bit. And he's kind of like, that's, you, you need to demand the ball. And you need to get pissed at somebody running back down the court if you didn't touch the ball on a possession. You got to, you, you know, that's one of the things I always respected about Shaq. Shaq was always like, you know, if you give me the ball, we're probably going to score. Like, don't be dumb. Be smart. Be smart and give it to the best player. LeBron, if a jump shot's working, is going to be the best player. But you kind of don't want LeBron scoring. I, I hope that we get a 30 minutes per game for LeBron Max. I know it's going to well, be. That's what, that's what Joe was asked for, too. I know. I know. I know. North of 35 is likely what's going to happen. But if you can get him in the 30 to 35 range and still win games, and it's going to take a little bit of trust from the coaching staff, I think, early on to see if some of these guys who just signed nice big contracts are ready to shoulder. Each of them just needs to shoulder five more percent. Nobody needs to become the next anything. Just be five percent just be a better contributor to the tone of about 5%. If Reeves improves his scoring by 5%, if Delo finds 5% more consistency, you're looking at hey, you're looking at wow, you might you might be in an all-star conversation because that's those are the things that are missing from their games. And so, you know, if 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 Hachimura can be playoff Hachimura all season and not Washington Wizards Hachimura all season, that'll be huge. Yeah. That in and that, of that I that I'm not sure about because I'm not sure know, about it either. But I'm just yeah. saying if if something if something turned on for him in the playoffs and he was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, then that that in and of itself might be enough to start because he's he and LeBron could split minutes pretty easily. You could really say like, all right, you know, LeBron plays the first seven minutes of the game, sits till about five minutes left to go in the first half, plays a little bit more in the second half. Uh, especially towards the end of the game when we obviously want to win the game. The the Kobe Bryant last couple of years recipe, right? Where like Kobe would be play a decent chunk in the beginning, 
a small chunk at the end of the, like have a nice long rest, you know, between, between appearances in the first half and then play a little bit more, play a little bit more, uh, play more minutes in the second half. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I feel like part of the problem, this is always a problem when you have Kobe on a team. Guys want to give it to the, they want to give it to the legend. They want to, they want to see the legend do, you know, it's, it's, and the legend, the mindset is give me the ball, right? So it's a hard, it's hard for everybody. It's hard for the coaches, it's hard for the teammates, hard for the player who's got all these expectations to break that mold and be like, now nah, you take it. Cause it's not how they're wired. No, and the, nobody's wired to def, not, not, not defer, you know, the, the, every, the, everybody found success through deference. Now you have to start finding another, you have to start now finding a new way because the man's not going to play forever. You know, he, I know he said in his SP speech that, you know, that the retirement day is not today, but it's, it's, it's a coming. It's a coming. So I, I think we can, I think we can get a little bit more out of some of the guys who signed some contracts. I think having a full camp with some of these guys will be helpful. Um, you know, I was, I, I will forever be impressed with how quickly that team was able to come together. I think one of the things that's going to really define our regular season success is what we saw in, is what we saw in that two, three months, you know, some people motivated by contract years, uh, stretch. Was that the outlier or was that the harbinger of what's to come? And if it's the outlier, and AD and LeBron are about as available this season as they were last season. I don't think we're going to have too much different of an outcome, despite not having Russell Westbrook's massive salary and the pressure that he brought to the team. I think these no, guys we'll get off to another too intense start. That's really hard to do. Uh, regardless, we might. I just think we'll struggle more than I think any of us want to see a struggle. Uh, I think a lot of us think you know, it, it, it's it's on some of these guys to find that next gear. To, 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 to ascend to another level of, of, of playing that they haven't shown they can do consistently yet. And, and, and that that's, goes... something I wanna, that's something I want to touch on real quick. And once again, it is Lakerholic Spotlight right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Jamie, I want to ask you this. Darvin Ham, in a recent interview podcast uh, with uh, that This League Uncut, want to go ahead and uh, give that show a, a shout-out. It's hashtag This League Uncut. He was uh, talking live from Caesars Palace the other day. <laughs> the same time they were having a major issue there with somebody uh, holding someone hostage in a room right nearby right around that time which is crazy. Was crazy right yeah exactly throwing tvs out the window and all that uh, i wanted to go ahead and though mention that his you know just also among coach ham talking smack back to mike malone funny i just think that mike malone's comments were were just not very smart because the fact is, and also not very, not very classy. Because the fact is, when we, when we beat him, when we took them, when we took them apart in 2020, I don't see us going ahead and gloating the same way that you know Vogel saying the same way that, that they did in yeah. the bubble, and then you know on our way to to a championship victory. But you know what? Be that as it may, the one thing he did point out is that he really thinks that Austin Reeves can take it to another level to an all-star level was his, uh, you know, that saying one day, you know, he's going to be an all-star. He is working out with Team USA. I do yep. see some growth now. I was concerned this time last year that he was or was not going to be a consistent player or possibly find his way out of the rotation. And we saw that early on in the season 
it was kind of looking bad for for Austin, but he picked it up after the new year, started playing at a just fantastic level. And you know what? I think he can play at a really strong level. I'm not going to call him an all-star, but if he does get to the point where he becomes a 3.5, where he can get you 17 to 8, 19, 20 a game, who knows? Who knows, my friend? That's that's the level of consistency, right? That's Or... We don't need anybody. We don't need another all-star. I mean, that would be wonderful. Nobody would complain. Everybody would be like very excited for whatever player that is, whether it was D'Lo, Reeves, Hachimura, Vincent, whoever, Castleton. I just uh, don't think he's ready. Castleton proved <laughs> to me last night. I'm just, that, yeah. I'm, 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 you know me, I'm just like, hey, hey, hey. Jokic would probably yeah. fold him up and probably eat him like an hors d'oeuvre right now. And then talk about harness racing. Yes. Uh, I mean, yeah, I kind of agree with your Mike Malone comment. I don't know that Mike Malone actually said that. I think it was a commentator. No, he during... called him LeBron's daddy. Or he called him the Lakers, Lakers, dad, the, Lakers, Lakers daddy. Lakers daddy. I'm sorry. No, Lakers one of the, daddy. the commentators during the parade said that the that Mike Malone was the Lakers daddy. I believe okay. is the actual. Okay. Regardless, I'll say this: He did go it out of his quite, way to it rub it in the Lakers. The NBA playoffs and the NBA finals. That Mike Malone has a problem with the Lakers. He, caught, he keeps trying to not make it about the Lakers by bringing up the Lakers. So there's obviously something going on with Mike Malone, and it's understandable. They're one of the best sports franchises that planet Earth has ever seen. So, you know, it's it's understandable that he has a little bit of, of, of I'll, I won't say the type of envy that it is, but, uh, you know, of envy, uh, of size envy of the championships uh, pedigree and, and legacy and, uh, you know, girthiness but uh you know this is this is the wonderful thing about professional sports you did such a great job you won it all it's wonderful do it again go do it again show us you're so great you're able to motivate that team so well great do it again show me it's what you did last month doesn't matter anymore now it's over we're into summer league people are looking forward to 23 24 you, 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 you are the champs. You will be the named as the champs all season long. But if you don't do it again, you're going to be just like Detroit in 2004. You're going to be just like Milwaukee a couple of years ago with a, with a transcendental player on the roster who the team isn't able to like come to that level again. Yeah. If you can't, and, and it's not about Jokic. Jokic is going to put up great numbers. It's not even about Murray. Murray's going to put up great numbers. The rest of that team came through and somebody came through for that team in every single game. KCP, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Bruce Brown, uh, Christian Braun even had like a, a pretty hot game, I think, against us in the playoffs when they needed one at home where like, you know, he scored like 12 points in a, in a row or something like that. If the team doesn't rise to the occasion or if there's any kind of injury issue, or if Murray or Jokic takes a step back just mentally, just doesn't have that same hunger to win again. And that's one of the things, you know, when you talk about Jokic, when he's like, oh, there's a lot more to life than basketball, it's going to be hard for a guy like that to, to repeat. Because at some point, it isn't about your talent. It's about your will. <laughs> it's, about your, it's about pushing through all of these people who are pushing back at you. And it's going to be the entire association this whole season, all season long, for the first time ever as a franchise, Denver is going to have the target on their backs. 
everyone's going to be dumping their best games on Denver's lap. And they always do that to the Lakers because of our, you know, girthiness and our pedigree. And that's just what comes with being one of the best sports franchises that the planet has ever seen. We, even when it was D'Lo and Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson, we still got everybody's best game. Everybody would show up, you know, some guy would show up and be like, how about 50 Lakers? And be like, okay, well, you know, these guys aren't very good, so you're probably going to kill us. But yeah, bring it. Get, feel, get, it, get it out of your system while you can. Get it out of your the, system while you can because we're coming. I'll tell you what, though. You know, we are very appreciative of everybody out there catching us. It is Lakerholic Spotlight. It is Jamie Sweet from Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out his five things articles, plus the articles of Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. It is Lakerholics.com, but before we go, my friend, because I know you have to go ahead and jet here in a few, I want to go back to, again, what we will see hopefully tomorrow night against the Clippers, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, against the Clippers and what will probably be or is what is now definitely. It is going to be the last summer game for the Lakers. It'll be the last action that anybody's going to see for the Lakers this summer. Um, Again, the very disappointing loss yesterday against Memphis. Maxwell Lewis and JHS, they are a long way from getting yeah. and staying on an NBA court. I think everybody has to come to grips with that. And if last night didn't prove it to you, I don't know what will. Colin Castleton included. You know, these guys are a long way from giving you consistency on an NBA court at this time. I mean, that's uh, this is you're outside of a lottery pick, and even with a lot of lottery picks, that's what you're getting in year one. You're getting an inconsistent player. So I'm not too surprised there. Um, I would like to see a bounce back effort. You know, that's one of the things, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get it handed to you, right? In the NBA, there's going to be a game where the other team just, their shots are falling early. You just can't ever get over that 12, 10, 15, you know, somewhere, you know, a double digit, can't get over that double digit hump and make the game, you know, competitive. And you just look like you you suck. (laughs) Bounce back, bounce back. That's fine. It happens. It's sport. You're not going to win every game. You're not going to blow everybody out every game. Show me how you rec- how you how you come back, come back from a loss. And you know if JHS shows that hey, like he goes, you know seven for nine with two threes, uh, or Castleton you know throws out a double double and doesn't get pushed around, that'll be a nice bounce back game. Uh, again, you know I I we drafted projects. Uh, we signed two ways that might be able to contribute on some level this season. I'm not expecting much from anything. Any all, all the moves we did this summer that didn't involve someone con- signing a contract that was on the team during the Western Conference Finals, uh, I they're, they're like way down the totem pole for me. I, I I don't see any of the draft moves, any of the the undrafted guys we signed moves, the Exhibit Ten moves we did. I don't see any of those having a huge impact on our season. And if one of them does play. That well, and thank you for that correction, Zingerstein. Um, yeah, he actually played very little in the Western Conference. Yeah, that's right. I remember seeing him in Miami at night, and this guy didn't play against us either. Like, we never they had said, a They essentially went seven deep against the Lakers. They are obviously were more concerned about the Lakers oh, than yeah. the Miami. No, Mike, Mike Malone has a Lakers problem. It's fine. Many do. Many do, Mike. I'm sure there's a group for you. Uh, probably best to stay away from Laker Hogs because we'll just tell you how bad your team is uh, or is going to be. Uh, even though I have a tremendous amount of amount they're, they're still going to be good. They've still got they're a great, great starting five. They're going to be great. But, you know, 
let's let's think, you know it's important to remember they had the best record in the league they fought hard for that best record in the league they had great health all season long and home court advantage for denver in this modern era where you know we we, we load manage so much and conditioning is more of an issue because you're not just grind you're not your body isn't used to really competing hard as hard as maybe they did in the 80s and 90s for the full 48. The altitude is a big advantage in the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see how Denver does if they're like a fifth seed. You know, if they don't, if they will come to the regular season like a lot of champs do, where it's like, okay, eh, we got to do this again before the playoffs. All right, we'll do it. You know, we'll go, we'll, we'll play hard. We're here, you know. And if, if they don't have, you know, if they're not top four seed, they're not going to have as much home court advantage. Uh, I think that that's going to be kind of a key thing. I think that was a huge factor in the, in the playoffs and especially the finals because those guys are used to it. And it was a bunch of guys that had been doing it in the altitude for a while. So they weren't ever surprised with how they felt. You know, they, they knew it was coming. They'd been able to, like, come up with a schedule and a routine to do their best to counter that. So, uh, you know, uh, I, 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 say, I said this when we first started our podcasting. Uh, and it was, you know, I think LeBron was here, but it was LeBron and the kids. And LeBron had hurt his groin and was out for the season. And, like, people were just piling on the Lakers, you know, like LeBron's on the Lakers and they're losing and he's injured finally. And I was like, you know what? These are cheap shots. Take them while you can. You take these cheap shots while you can and you enjoy it because it's it, it'll change. I'm, I'm confident. And now, the next might not, we might not win 18 this year, but we're going to be a better team this year than we were last year. And if we have a better seating in the playoffs than we did last year, where we have a little home cooking, stay out of the plan. If we can stay all the way out of the plan, I think that'll be key for LeBron and AD to get like as much extra rest going in the playoffs as humanly possible. We can reduce the workload on LeBron to something a lot more manageable. That's only going to help. It's only going to help. And, you know, that's, that's the recipe for success. You know, that's the recipe for successes. Reduce LeBron load management or minutes, load manage LeBron more rather. Sorry. Uh, as much as that you can do that with AD. Uh, I know AD still wants, I think AD needs to be motivated to play the 65 game minimum to, to, to be eligible for some awards. I think that, I, I just think he needs to see his name in those conversations. I think whether he wins defensive player of the year, whether he wins MVP or any of the, or any, you know, whether he's first all NBA, I think he needs to be, have the mentality. Well, this has to be the season because he's not he getting has, any he has to have the mentality that he should be and needs to be, you know, if he plays like I deserve to be an all NBA first team, I deserve to be, you know, top five MVP conversation. I deserve to be top one or two or three at worst and defensive player of the year. We're getting a great version of AD that season. That's that's what we need. Whether he wins it or not is immaterial. I just think he, if he's in the conversation, if truly in the conversation, not as like a, and that AD guy should be an MVP. Like, oh, AD is the MVP this season. Even if he doesn't win it, as long as he's truly in the conversation for any of those major awards, I think that. Well, I'm just telling you right now, to me, this has to be the year. This has to be the year for him because he is 31 years old. Oh, yeah. You know, and it is now to the point where, you know, right now he's 30 years old, excuse me, but he's going to be 31 years old by the end of the season. And his athleticism is going to be on the wrong side of 30. And you're going to start seeing it go down a little bit more, a little bit more as he ages. Those guys don't age well. 
no. with what he needs. And the thing is, you know, this is about the time. This is the this is the rest of the peak AD that you're going to get. If he wants an extension, this is the season, man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If you want that coin? Got to show it on the floor. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Before we head on out, my friend, you got to go ahead and pitch Lakerholics.com. Let me know what you and, and Laker Tom are doing there with your five things articles and also Laker Tom as well. Before we head on out, Tom's been posting fake trades already. Uh, even oh though all God. the guys, here we go. Watch out! <laughs> yeah, I know. We all had to remind him. Like, you realize that everybody we signed can't be traded in for like seven, like five months. Like December fifteenth. Literally think five months from today. December fifteenth is the first day. So in five months, never stops him. In five months, we can trade for our stretch five. Yay! Yeah. Uh, no. So Tom's already posted fake trades. Uh, and asking us to grade them. So I'm, I graded the first one fairly, but from here on out, I think I'm just going to give them all Fs for, because it's impossible to trade somebody right now. Like F. I think it. it's a sickness, Zang. Uh, I it think is. it's a sickness. I think He's he like, really like, does need help in that bet. You know, he, I am the, Tom the, and the I have a problem. The part of the year for Tom is from the trade deadline to the end of the NBA finals because there's just there's nothing we can do to improve the team. It's just ruined. <laughs> It's not gonna great. We gotta make a trade. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's humorous, but also kind of like, ah, oh, man, you just you just for years you were like, we need to get D'Lo on the team. What can we trade D'Lo for? Like, wait, what? <laughs> do you want D'Lo on the team, or do you just have an addiction to making trade proposals? Probably a little bit of both. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, hit that like button, hit subscribe. We're close to we're close to we're close to nine hundred people. Close to nine hundred. But yeah, we're actually close to a thousand. We're at nine fifteen. I'm sorry, right I'm sorry. We're close to a thousand. My bad. Right here. My bad. My bad. No worries. Oh. No worries. I don't want to. I don't want to short us. If you're on the Facebook, like us on Facebook, man. We're, our Absolutely. Facebook, our Facebook algorithm is kind of jacked. Yeah. We, we need your, We need your help. Lakers yes, faster. absolutely. If you like us there or anywhere you catch us, please go ahead and follow us, like us, you know, wherever you can. But my friend, you also do five things articles. It's not just about Lakers, Tom, Laker Tom no, no, there. No, no yeah. there's there's a lot of us. The Mongo, one of our one of my favorite blog, bloggers, mainly because he's just so very level headed about everything. Loves fishing. Uh, Mongo Slade had a great article about a. What we talked about today, lowering expectations for all the guys, all the drafted guys, and B, focusing on the one thing that matters for the Lakers, and that's health. It was like, you know, it's, it's, it's one of these things where it's like, we get, we go way into the weeds on some of these things, like the 14th, 15th man on the roster, Christian Wood, and his points over, you know, some kind of defensive presence or mentorship from somebody like Tristan Thompson. 
when the only thing that, you know, we could start and end and talk about in the middle of every show, like, and the Lakers need good health. <laughs> we'll start the show off by reminding everybody health isn't on the Lakers side this season. None of this matters. We can have a reminder in the middle of the show. By the way, don't forget, health is number one key for the Lakers season. And at the end of the show saying, I hope, thanks for watching, and don't forget, you know, hope for good health for the Lakers. So it's it's one of those things that, like, it's boring to talk about, first off. But also, you know, it, it's absolutely correct that if LeBron and AD aren't playing 60, 65 games, it won't matter. It won't matter. So – I mean, even if they're playing in a reduced role, trying to save them a little bit for the playoffs, it won't matter. They need to play in at least 60, 65 games. Uh, I'm not – I haven't gotten – I've been mulling around to five things about uh, – I kind of w- am waiting to see if we sign Wood or not. Because if you do sign Wood, that kind of throws the lineup into a big – there's a lot more questions if you sign Christian Wood. Uh, right now, I have it pretty set in my head how I think it'll go you know, without seeing camp or anything at all. Obviously, but uh, and you're right, Zangerstein. It does apply to just about all the teams. Some teams, I think, are a little more equipped to handle an injury to a major player, uh, like we saw with Denver. They didn't have Jamal Murray for a couple of years, and they were still they still made the playoffs because of Jokic. You know, so it depends on the player. Even yeah, even like you know the Bucks with Middleton. They they had Middleton for not a lot of year, and Giannis was you know not was not at his best. He was kind of banged up last season, I thought, but. Especially with the Lakers, especially on teams with LeBron James, because he's such a gravitational force that it feels like the team just doesn't know what to do when he's not on the floor. And with, if AD's not there, then the team just doesn't know how to play defense, and so they get run out of the building. That's basically what I'm talking about, you know. But uh, are we going live later? Is the question somebody? I'm not sure. Are we? Well, that's up to Joe and Sean. Joe goes through withdrawals. Literally, he ate. You know, so if he. I told Joe and Sean, you know, if they want to go ahead and come on later or come on, if Laker Tom wants to do a show tomorrow, you know, to reach out to us to see if we can get that happening. Uh, I do know we will be definitely on tomorrow night after the game. Playback.tv slash Lakers fast break, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Then after the game, of course, we'll be right here definitely. I will be here. I'm not having work done in the house like last night. So I was was outside the house watching while all that was going on. So I couldn't partake. So I apologize for that. If Joe does go with, you know, through withdrawals and he wants to go ahead and do a show, I'll leave it up to him. We'll go on the air and we'll keep making it happen for you guys. But I don't want to promise anything. But Jamie Sweet, any last thoughts before we head on out? But we will definitely be on tomorrow night after the Lakers game. Yeah, I'll see. I'll, I'll run that by Tom. I mean, I feel like if nothing happens between now and tomorrow morning. It, it's sort of silly to go on and rehash about pretty much everything you and I just talked about. But mm-hmm. I mean, if he's got something, he pro- really- I asked, I, I invite him to the, you know, the, the I saw. Know, post game, but he's, I saw. you know, that's, that's past his bedtime. I mean, it's, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's approaching Laker Tom bedtime. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> and he's so cute. They're so cute when they're sleeping. They're just so, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. I, I, we kidding. We kidding. We rib each other. Uh, we have, I think we have like three or four or five dollar bets going right now. So okay. it's, it's all, it's all, it's all part of the fun. Thank you, Zagerstein. It's always great seeing you uh, chatting it up and throwing in some pearls of wisdom. I, yeah, Kurt Affair, Yeah, Carbonite is about what we. <laughs> Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Although I didn't have to say I didn't love the the, the whatever the, the saga Boba Fett the the, the book yeah book. well I call I called it on I call it on the pop culture cosmos the book of Sloba Fett because it was really yeah dark. and you found out the way they they just did not even just get, get they beat around a bush or anything like that. Like no, they showed you the first ten minutes the first ten minutes is all you need to watch of the book of Boba Fett because it tells you exactly how he made it out of the Sarlacc pit it's like okay it's we're done. Right. That's it. You watch the watch the last ten minutes of the season of the whole thing in the first ten minutes, and you'll yes. be like, oh, "Okay, I'm caught up." That's it. That's all you need to do. Unless, unless, unless you really love the idea of uh, a, a space uh, western, <laughs> it, like, and and it moves as slow as some western. Oh man, yeah, it's like a Kevin Costner movie uh, after he turned thirty, where he's on a horse. He's like. Maybe we should have a ten-minute shot of me like slowly riding across this field while the sun sets. Or maybe we should have like a nine-hour movie and call it Wyatt Earp, and we'll go ahead with that. So, when Tombstone did it much better in that I like Tombstone so much better than Wyatt Earp. It was yeah. Every you you're, know the, you're like everybody else. You know, I know. Well, I mean, I'm sure Kevin Costner prefers Wyatt Earp to Tombstone, but uh, but do you know the story? Do you know one of the legends of the Tombstone Wyatt Earp uh, competition? No, that, no. Oh, so. Legend has it that they were both shooting at the same time. Yes, uh, I remember that. And uh, as Wyatt, Hollywood tends to do, the Wyatt Earp production bought out all the Western costumes in Hollywood, like all the traditional, you know, chaps and this and that. So if you go back and watch Tombstone, you'll see that like it's a lot of like pretty simple costumes, you know. And then I think Tombstone got nominated for an Oscar for best costumes and. Wyatt Earp did, I don't know that Wyatt Earp got nominated for anything other than why, why Wyatt, why, but uh, <laughs> oh well, I don't know about that, Zangerstein. It's just how, it's just the way of the it's just the way of the world, you know. You you, you would have you, you we would have said we said the same thing about claymation monsters and green screens when those first came into being, and now it's just all too much CGI. It's just it's just it's just the tool. It's the tool they use, you know. It's it's movie magic. Whether you whether anybody likes it or not, <laughs> uh, I will say this: I would like to do very soon before the game drops on Pop Culture Com- Cosmos a Baldur's Gate three uh, talk, because it's that and Starfield are going to be the games that humanity will just go inside. Nobody, you're, will you're always welcome to stop on by. I'd love to I have mean, a talk with you on that. Okay. You, you are let's, always welcome. The door's always open for you. For this week, maybe. Sounds good, my friend. I would love to have you on talking Baldur's Gate three. Absolutely. Oh, it's it's gonna be ridiculous. I mean, you're, as a D and D fan, I, I highly recommend you invest some time in it because it's basically D and D in a game, and it's gonna be ridiculous. Absolutely, um, if they can, but they've never been able to translate that one hundred percent well on as far as make it for a this, larger audience. So let's hope the D and D can translate as far as in the gameplay. We don't need to go too into the weeds on it here, but it's it's. Throughout early access, you've seen them kind of like laying the foundation for yeah. how do we take this rule set where people sit around a table and translate it into a virtual a reality, this reality that we're building, and still have a really great story that's compelling and a, a type of gameplay, you know, because you know, a lot of people like the first person shooter sort of moving through the world as, you know, wherever you go is where you're going and not like, you know, Stuff like that. So anyway, oh, I love how we've really just, <laughs> we really just have gone down the old rabbit hole in the chat on Tombstone quotes. I love it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm and Boba Fett, too. 
Uh, Yo Huckleberry is, is will always be yeah. one of the greatest greatest quotes out of that whole. Oh man, so good. Uh, Shout yeah, out Doc Gilmer. It's it's just I would even argue that Young Guns is better than Wider. Like Young Guns one and Young Guns two. Yeah, like I can't disagree with you there. But once again, it is Jamie Sweet from Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out his five things articles today, along with the crazy trades already out there from Laker Tom. <laughs> Five months in advance because most of the players he's trading for can't be traded until halfway through December at the earliest, some even later than that. <sighs> but we love Laker Tom nonetheless. Yeah. And it's look, and it's not even that the trades aren't well thought out. Although it's literally everybody what the was the latest one is like everybody that we drafted and like Hachimura, I forget who it's for. It was just like oh, it was for OG and a newbie. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. Have, of course, I would love to have OG Anadubi on the team. That would that would be so wonderful. It would, it would kind of just the player that we need. Toronto's not going to make that trade. Toronto doesn't want all of our young, garbaging it up in summer league guys and Rui Hachimura. They could, if they wanted Rui Hachimura, they could have offered him a contract. This is true. <laughs> he true was a free agent two weeks ago. <laughs> they wanted him. They could have been like, oh, Lakers are off. And, and they could have signed them for less right. than they signed for Jakobodl, who right. they signed they, for they, $20 they, million. They, Right, exactly. So just one of those things where you're like, I mean, yes, this works in terms of like a framework of a trade, the money and everything. Oh, and he also gave away all of our first round draft picks till the end of, till next of decade, course. to the next decade. I was like, yeah. this is like a massive overpay. A, B, it can't happen. It's like your time for you. Oh, he's got a problem. Like you said, he's got a problem. He's got a problem indeed, but we love him nonetheless. It is Lakerholics.com. Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. Crazy trades and all. And Yami Swoot, a.k.a. Jamie Sweet. Go ahead and check him out today at Lakerholics.com. Wear, wear, wear the kimono this morning. Going go kimono style. Exactly. I like that, that this chat can go from 3&D to D&D indeed. If you do want to see some great tabletop RPG action, it's always a uh, on my YouTube channel, Pop Culture Cosmos, but also our good friends as well, Vampires and Vitae and Wild Beyond Witchlight with gang there as far as tabletop RPG action. So go ahead and check it out today. I know they're going to have a new Vampires and Vitae episode coming up tomorrow. So give them a big shout out as well. So for really Jamie cool. Sweet, yeah, if you're into it, they love doing it for you. And they do it right there live for three hours right there for you on Sundays. So Jamie, yep, Jamie Sweet, I know you're doing going. Got to go. Got to have a great Lakers weekend. I will say, if Joe gets the itch, and you can reach out to him on Twitter, at JoeSoroLFB, I think it is, go ahead and reach out to him. Nag him. He's good. He might get the itch to go ahead and do so. So if we go on tonight, it's going to be probably on the fly. But, again, we're going to be here anyways tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Of course, that's going to be playback.tv's last Lakers fast break. And the post game after the Lakers and Clippers is right here at the Lakers fast break. So for Jamie Sweet, Cheryl Glassford, thanks so much for watching and listening. Kurt uh, says Masai can't physically make a trade unless he fleeces the other team. Well, then the same thing goes with they all uh, can't. They all function, yeah. yeah. I will say this. I'm glad. I'm glad Rob got rid of his, his penchant for just throwing in a first round draft pick to get it done. Like, hold on to those, man. They're, they're valuable. You don't need to trade those like you were years one and two. 
he, I think yeah. he learned the value of the draft pick, and that's 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 a good thing. Yep, yep. Kurt was by on their last time, so go ahead and check it out. Pop Culture Cosmos, and then Jamie Sweet, of course, at Lakerholics.com. Guys, I say again, if if Joe and Sean get the itch, we'll be back tonight. And if not, we'll see you tomorrow night right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But it is Lakerholic Spotlight. Here's hoping you have a great Lakers weekend, and we'll see you soon right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>